Hey there, beautiful gods and goddesses. Welcome to the Laugh Out Loud podcast, where we believe laugh or life at 50 is not just meant to be lived out loud and on purpose. Mm-mm. It is meant to be slayed. Here, we will venture together towards finding our own truth, the truth about the things that matter to us most, the things that mean something to our existence, past, present, and future, to all the things that hurt us, that help us and heal us, be they physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and so forth. We'll reflect and expand on what moves us from our passions to our purpose, from our purpose to our power, and from our power to our plan. We, dear sister goddesses, are on this journey together, unapologetically slay in all ways and in all ways. Welcome to the family. Just want to plugging this disclaimer, um, none of us are acting as therapists during this podcast. And if this um, podcast does bring up issues for you, um, please seek um, professional help in your community. We will plug a link in for you to access different therapists if that's something that you need. Thank you so much. How are you liking the podcast so far? We are loving it. And can I just tell you, it's a lot easier to do than I thought it would ever be. First of all, with Anchor, it's free. They have their own creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast from your phone or your computer, which I love. And yes, I do use both. They even distribute the podcast on various platforms. I mean, we are now on Spotify, Apple, Pandora, and many more. And did I tell you that you can make money from your podcast too? Mm Mm-hmm, you can, and with minimum listenership. Doesn't that sound like everything you need to make a podcast? And it's all in one place. Isn't that so cool? So what are you waiting for? All you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hi, it's Tracy King, life midwife, women's health nurse practitioner, creator of Lola Labor of Love Academy, and now author of Now I Slay Me, a guide to omnipotent self-love. You already know I am a huge advocate for empowering women to empower themselves. There is nothing more satisfying to me than assisting you along your rebirth journey as you unleash the goddess within and begin to live your life out loud and on purpose. That's what Now I Slay Me is all about. Order your copy today at slaywithtray.com. The thing that I got from the lady that you sent me, Ebony Speaks Hall, mm-hmm. that was her name, right? Right. So her Facebook thing, like the thing that stood out for me is like, she's right. And, I'm, and what she said is, you're not allowed, like we're not allowed to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, um, it's just been stuff that has been put on the back burner. I, I might not agree 
or disagree with how and why Gail did that at the time that she did mm -hmm. it. The timing. Mm -hmm. The point is that there is an issue. That was what I got from what Ebony was saying. There is an issue within our own homes and families and communities where molestation and rape and all of these other things, like we've been abused and it's like, damn, like how long are we gonna keep letting that go on without talking about it? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that, it, it can link back to shame and everything else like blame and fear mm -hmm. and like issues that you have later on in life because mm -hmm. something happened to you as a child. And you weren't allowed to speak about it. Exactly. Um, a few years back, uh, KB and I were talking and I was like, damn, I still feel like this, it just keeps coming back. It keeps coming back. And it's not something that um, I seem to be able to fully get rid of. Now, now I don't feel any kind of way about it, but at the time I was kind of going through and I said, um, she said, well, maybe you need to do something different about it. Cause I'm like, I did grief recovery work. I did this, I did that. And I said, okay, you're right. And so later on, after I came, after I went into my meditative space, um, this is the poem that came out and it's called Unpretty Plea. Touched by the hands of the teenage boy next door, erect from a child of about three, maybe four, rubs his private parts against her to explore no one sees behind his closed door. He's trying to take pictures, this man she doesn't know, admiring her beauty, her skin, her eyes aglow, her nakedness he seeks to capture as she yells, no! Seven silent cries of help, please make him go. The visit she cherished and ran to on a whim, drunkenness surrounds her now, all she sees is grim. The thrill is long gone, glasses filled to the brim. He's drunk, she's stuck. What the fuck? Damn, it's him. Eight to 10 brings about bigger and different things. Men admiring more than her God-given wings. Pretty girl, pretty girl, the men all sing. She wants to run and hide, but is paralyzed by the sting. They mean you no harm, your beauty abodes. In her mind, these are lies as her story unfolds. She fights to keep her innocence, but the world grabs hold. No trust, where's her protection? She thought, I must be bold. She's 13 now, enjoying the dance of her youth. Here he comes again, looking to satisfy that sweet tooth. Making advances, taking chances, married and uncouth. Her virginity's gone now. No one knows her broken-hearted truth. Now she's drunk at 14, no longer loving life or full of pride. He won't stop, she's dying. Silent screams won't subside. Protecting his daughters, her sisters? Maybe, so his secret she did hide. Under a mountain of pain, pom-poms and a smile. At least she tried. On to high school she went. Changed, but no one paid much attention. She somehow managed to muddle through her world of dissension, praying that her path of the past she would never have to mention. She made it. She's a woman now with children of her own. Some men still gawk and cool, but she's proud, married, and grown. Far from the past, oh yes, at last she's moved on. Her family, a few friends, and extra weight are her security. 
She protects her children vigilantly, determined to keep their purity. The hurt of the past is stifled for now, front and center her obscurity. Now in her thirties, no real worries. Well, just one, she's divorced. That secure yet obscure life was really something forced. She created a fantasy which became a lie, of course. Reality hits, she's alone. What to do, get to source. For years she asked her creator to please unpretty me, or at least let not my beauty be the only me people see. No judgment of appearance, but of character and integrity, consumed with work, family, and still such insecurity. Something within stirred her heart. She was moved by the spirit. She thought it was some sort of dream and couldn't fully hear it. I say unto you that you are the truth of the divine spirit. It lives within you. Hear my command and begin to walk in it. In the source, she found the truth of who she really is. She grew in courage and strength. Yeah, baby, she's a whiz. She pulled the past to the present and handled all that biz. Now she's full of love and laughter and all that matters already is. No more pleas of, oh God, please unpretty me. For she knows she's divinely created and is the epitome, epitome of source, exactly who she was created to be. No more, no more pleas of unpretty me. I wanted to share that today because I too believe that it's been too long that we haven't spoken up about these types of issues and things that, you know, happen behind closed doors. And that in order for us to heal and fully love ourselves, these are the things that we have to bring to the table. And so I just kind of wanted to put that out there and um, start the conversation. So how healing was that for you? That, that like went way back and just it went, um, mm -hmm. it went into a whole bunch. It did. And brought it full circle. Right. So for me, um, as I wrote it, it was very healing for me. Okay. Um, because I think what I had to look back and see was that there were multiple things that happened that caused me to become who I am and to be how I am. And I had to go back and look at those um, so that I can overcome them. You know, I, I know a lot of people say stuff like, well, leave the past in the past. Well, I agree to that to an extent, but if the past is still affecting you in some way, shape or form, then it's something you have to go back and address. Once you address it, then you can move, move beyond it and leave it in the past. But if, <clears throat> let's say if I turn to, um, alcoholism or found some drug of choice for myself, you know, then y'all be like, damn, she's strung out like that. Like what's wrong with her? Well, and, and that's another reason why we have to kind of accept people where they are because we don't know their story. We don't know what has happened in their lives. So to me, and because I know my own past, it helps me in loving on other people even when they come across as unlovable, mm -hmm. if mm -hmm. I can say that, um, 
and just like I've grown to this mindset where I just believe that, you know, um, and I think Patty has said it once, like hurt people hurt people. And I get that. Um, I hate that saying though, but <laughs> I'm like, do we have a better one? But, um, but it's the truth, you know, and that, and sometimes hurt people don't even realize that that's the place that they're coming from. And so I try to be mindful of that in dealing with people, period. Mm -hmm. I don't know their history, but yes, to answer your question, that was very healing for me. Okay. It was very healing for me. And my hopes in moving forward is that it will be healing for somebody else, or at least help them to realize that they are not alone. And mm -hmm. this is something that, um, that they can talk about and not have any um, shame or guilt from it. Yeah. I, first of all, I just want to say that words that you said were really powerful. Um, and I actually want to hear it again, just not this moment, but yeah, just because there was so, there was a lot and you kind of, you went through these timelines and how at each stage of your life you were impacted by the events that happened, by the molestation, by the violation. What I thought was interesting was that you used the word obscure. And I was wondering if you could tell us more about what that meant to you. Like when you said to secure and obscure, like, did it mean hidden? I, I feel like it did. Like, I, I feel like um, at the moment, like that's just... it's it's hidden it's um it was hidden for me for a long time uh still a lot of people don't know you know i don't i don't share my history with a lot of people and um so yes it was it was very much hidden or unknown or you know the things not seen but because they weren't seen that doesn't mean that they did not exist or didn't happen. And I think that mm -hmm. as I wrote this and that came out, because I used the word actually a few times, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but that is how I felt. You know what it is. We got to pause for the call. Hey goddess, are you the proud owner of a black owned and operated business? Cool, we'd love to talk to you about being a featured guest during one of our boom segments. Yep, boom, black owned and operated movement. If you're interested, please send me an email or text with boom as the subject. Email me at slaywithtrey at gmail.com or text me at 702 323 8080. And we're back. So for me, um, I was looking for every which way to explain what happened to me when I told the story 
um, I think the first thing I did was I left a note in the mailbox to my mother. Mm -hmm. The second thing I did was I tried to explain it out loud. Um, The next thing I did was, you know, yelled, cried and screamed. Then I ran away. Like I kept trying to, you know, hear me, see me, you know, and um, it was very difficult because, of course, there was that um, protective mechanism that was in place because for all intents purposes, um, the perpetrator looked like a godly man, um, he, a good husband, a doting father, um, a provider, like he was all of these things. And it was like, oh, she's crazy, you know? And here I am, 13, trying to be heard or seen outside of this situation, and I'm being told I'm crazy. And so when we're talking about protecting someone else, you know, um, keeping them safe in lieu of ourselves, I I think that we have we have been harmed significantly as women as African American women trying to protect our culture you know keep you know keep our men on a pedestal and not to say that women don't violate as well that I'm not saying that but I think for a long time as women we learn to protect the male perpetrator because of all of his plight in society you know society has already tried to kill him you know so you're just going to destroy him completely if you say this you know but it you know in the end at the end of the day it was the truth you know and there was not a whole lot i can do about it it's just the truth and i can't fix that you know I can't change it. I can't alter it. I, as much as I love that person, I can't erase what happened. Yeah. You know, and I, of course I can sit here and say, well, something must have happened to him or da 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 da. You know, why me? I could do all these things, but that doesn't help me get well. Right. And that I think is key. Us getting well you know, women getting well from what has happened. And sometimes, you know, people feel like, yes, I, you know, I got to be vindicated, but you know what? I don't care about vindication because I feel like whatever shit happens to you in your life, you brought that to you. So that, you know, I don't know what kind of life these men led afterwards, but, you know, I think that that's not my role in this, but my role is, to heal myself and to help other women to heal from it. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> it's a lot to take in though when we're talking about stuff like that. Um, it is. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's a lot. And we we are, we're trying to be protective, especially when we had girls. Right. Not the boys, not that it can't happen to boys or not that we're not protective of our boys. Exactly. But it is, it, it is. As, a, as a mom, you just, yeah. You don't know where to go from there because all of us, we all have those kind of stories. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, when, when I was listening to you guys and I'm thinking about like the age when you, when, um, 
when things happen that shouldn't happen. And it's like, um, is someone going to believe me? Am I believable? Or who do I tell? Who's the first person that I go to? Um, or when things come out in, the, in, in this, um, let's say years later, then you run the risk of, well, you just don't remember, or you were so young, and you're just making things. You don't know up. what you're talking about. Right. You don't know what you're talking about. Like, you know, that was so long ago. Are you sure that's how you remember things? And so, um, I know we were. Why we now? Were, and people will say, why now? Like, and, and why now? Well, like, what difference you, does that make? What difference mm-hmm. does that make? You what haven't said nothing all this time. Why are you saying something now? And, right. I, and you mm-hmm. get that. You'll hear that. Like, why now? And, and, um, I'm all about damn it because I'm finally strong that's enough that's to deal right. with that motherfucking shit. That's How about that? Story. It doesn't matter. Sorry. Yeah, no, but you're right. And so when we were hearing that, even in the media and news, and they were like, well, why now? What difference does that make? Because if that person is dealing with it, and that's when it just so happens to come out, who are you to say, oh, well, now you're not allowed to say that? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know what else to say. Well, I think that that was it. I'm not happy about the stories, but what's happening is like people are starting to talk about it. And I think the conversations have to start. So it's unfortunate how they're coming about, but at least now they are coming about. Yeah, absolutely. It's giving people a voice that they maybe didn't have, like you said, a long time ago, a Mm -hmm. platform to talk about it um like the me too movement like all of these things is finally opening up doors and windows for people to have the safety and security to say this is what happened to me um i i was listening to um katie talk about like our daughters and you know one of my things throughout the course of my life was trying to protect my daughters from this same experience that I had been through. And while um, her experience was different, my daughter, one of my daughters did experience something similar. Her experience was different than mine in the aspect that it wasn't like my spouse or anything like that, but it was somebody who convinced her that they loved her, Mm -hmm. you know? And then her virginity was gone in that moment. And even though we had always had conversations about these things, she was afraid to tell me, you know, she was afraid to talk. I had to, (laughs) please Lord. (laughs) I had like, we had to be in the bathroom for like three hours. Like with the door locked, we're not leaving until you tell me what happened. happened. You know, Did she tell you why she was scared though. I think she was afraid of what I would do to someone who hurt her. Yeah. And I've had the conversation with her, me and all the girls, we had, um, I think you were at work one day and uh, we just had the whole conversation and I just told them like what happened to me and why I don't want it to happen to them and why I want them to be mindful of this, this and that. And like, we just had the whole conversation. She was like, oh, Tracy, you too? Like, you know, like, man, it really does happen to other people. Cause it's like somewhere we don't believe that it does, mm-hmm. but you know, and I think that that gave her some some sense of, you know, like solidarity, like, oh, God, mm-hmm. okay, I don't have to go through this by myself. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, but yeah, that's think, my take on it too. Like that's why I asked the question because mm-hmm. your take was let me tell everybody, let me tell everybody, let me tell everybody. Somebody got to believe me that this man has done these things to me. My take was, oh my God, if I tell anybody, my dad is going to jail because he gonna kill a motherfucker. I, mm-hmm. I mean, really, at the age of 12, 13, that's what's in my head. Like I, I can't mm-hmm. not have my dad here. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what Mercer's um, thought was that my mother is not going to allow anyone to hurt me. And mm-hmm. if she finds out, I might lose her. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a, a big weight to bear. Yeah. yeah. And she didn't tell me for three months. And everything, like her behavior was different. Like there was so many things going on. And um, I could not believe that that was the thing. I remember like she had every right to have that fear because, you know, I I literally became a private detective. I was going to find him by any means necessary, you know. But, you know, luck will have it that something else was looking out for me and you know, nothing happened. I didn't hurt anyone. And, you know, but my initial thought was retaliation. You know, my initial thought was you had no right. Mm -hmm. And I firmly believe that. I don't care if she was walking around butt naked. Mm -hmm. You did not put your hands on her. Mm -hmm. I took her to the rape crisis center. As soon as I found out, I took her to therapy, you know, because at least I knew that in the work I was doing. So the lady was talking to me and it's funny now she had, you know, my daughter is an artist. So she put art on the table and my daughter was willing to use that as a medium to address her feelings. She gave me, she was like, do you want some crayons? And I was like, no, I don't want no fucking crayons. (laughs) (laughs) So she was like, you know, well maybe, you know, since she's working on something, you can work on something. (laughs) it's so crazy because I took the red crayon and you would have thought I was two years old. I was just like, (laughs) you know, with the red crayon going back and forth. Like it just, it was like the, the pen. I mean, it was nothing left. Just the paper was rolling off the sides. But the, the thing is that there really is something to colors and feelings. Mm -hmm. And so the red is like a color that represents anger. Yeah. And that was the color I chose, like, just to satisfy. I wasn't thinking about the color. I was just like, okay, fine, you know. Right. But Mm -hmm. it was just really interesting how I was trying to maneuver through that moment. And um, there was a time when he was calling our house. And as soon as I would answer the phone, he would hang up. This was, you know, we still had a house phone. Mm -hmm. And um, I walked in the kitchen one day after one of those phone calls and my daughter looked at me and said, can you just forgive him? And I remember in that moment thinking, I don't think I can. I remember this conversation after that happened. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because as a mother, it's like, oh, my God, like I do everything I can and I was the same way. It was like, oh no, I got to protect my daughters at all costs. Like, no, this is what, let me tell you, like, as soon as I felt like, 
they could understand, I talked to them about it mm-hmm. because I didn't want them going down that road. Thank you. That's the social worker in you, which I love because it's like, I don't know that I would have thought that. I'm like, this is my shit. I can talk about what I want to talk about, you know? <laughs> you have some type of license, right? Right. I talk about that kind of stuff all the time. Right. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Some stuff might be but over here. Somebody but... might hear that poem and it. Break down. I am so sure that I am so sure that it's going to touch. It's just, it's so real. Yeah. And, and it's somebody else's story. Put it, it like that. It's somebody else's story. It's a lot somebody, of people's story. Somebody Even else, right. Mm-hmm. It's going to say that, wow, this, that it's not just me. And I think that's the whole point of it. It's just not, it's not just me. Yeah. So yeah. I do believe that. Just saying. Mm-hmm. So you were saying, um, oh. Ebony, Yes. So she was so worked up. And what she said was, we deserve to be protected. She said some other things, but she said, nobody protects us, keeps us and watches over us as black women. So we have to fight for ourselves. And my question is, is that true? Do you feel unprotected? And it well, is it true or false? If it is true, do you feel unprotected? And what can we as women start to do to protect one another? Absolutely, we deserve to be protected. Um, and I, I, I was sitting here thinking like, we have been operating in, in a place where people say, you know, it's a man's world and that kind of thing. and. Um, I do believe that there is this tendency for that silent and sometimes sometimes overt and sometimes covert power to be to press itself upon us. Um, so yes, there is a need for some type of protection or some type of watching over, but what that exactly looks like, I don't know. It's break time again. Be right back. Hi, it's Tracy King, life midwife, women's health nurse practitioner, creator of Lola Labor of Love Academy, and now author of Now I Slay Me, a guide to omnipotent self-love. You already know I am a huge advocate for empowering women to empower themselves. There is nothing more satisfying to me than assisting you along your rebirth journey as you unleash the goddess within and begin to live your life out loud and on purpose. That's what Now I Slay Me is all about. Order your copy today at slaywithtray.com. And we're back for the finale. I feel the same way. Absolutely. I believe um, women, we black women, deserve to be protected. Um, as Patty said, how what does that look look like? Going way, way, way back, we just we do, and we've done it. 
between the three of us, we do what we have to do when we have to do it because we have to do it. And so what does protection look like? Um, I don't know. But just women in general, when we're looking out in even media or just um, in lives or um, how we are portrayed, it, it does seem like we always take the back burner. Like we always take the back burner. So we always joke that, oh my gosh, you lead a country. They're not going to come looking for you. They're not going to come looking for that little black girl. If you get lost, like don't, don't, don't go anywhere. You're not supposed to because they're not going to come looking for that little black girl because you're the last on the list. So that's what we always have in the back of our mind, just in general, you know, black women in general. Right. But how does that look like um, in our community? protection and what what it should be you know that's hard to say yeah that's hard to say um i do feel like that globally when we're looking when we're looking globally like yes we do need to be protected but coming from you know looking closer i really can't put my finger on it mm-hmm. i really can't put my finger i can't say that i have felt unprotected just um so when you start from family-wise and then going out a little bit. So my inner circle, I've always been made to feel protected as far as my family went. Um, I come from a family of six and my brothers are actually the youngest, but they make a point to make it feel like you would think they were older. They were actually the older because they are so protective. And so that's a weird feeling. And um even though my father has never been around, my uncles have always made it a point to make all the women in the family feel like they were um, protected and they were special and like we were always ahead of everybody. Like they made a point to do that. So my personal experience is a little different. So I do realize that that's not the same as what everybody else feels, Mm -hmm. especially working in the field, working in the medical field. I do realize that. So um, how we would go about seeing how protection should look like, you know, I'm with Patty. How does that look like? How does that translate? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it definitely needs to be. It definitely needs to be that we definitely deserve it. I do feel like it's a, we, we are always on a back burner. Like they'll get to you, you know, they'll, they'll get to you. I do believe when, when they stack you know, when you have um, people, period, you know, white man, white woman, black man, black women, I think we are low on the totem pole. Yeah. Just in general society, put it like that. Yeah. And that's just how I feel. Ooh, okay. <laughs> All right, that's a little happy. I know, wait, but what I was, what I was going to get at is that, um, I think, and we talked about this before, is um, black women not being supportive of each other. Like, you know, you'll hear, like we having a general conversation and then bring up somebody's name and be like, that bitch. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> like, like, so I think that because of how media has portrayed it and has put us, and society at large has kind of put us on the back burner, we treat each other like that. And so I think that part of the protecting one another has to be to commit or begin with committing to 
let those go so we can like break down those barriers between each other. Because if we can't build a sisterhood, if I can't, you know, turn to you and say, this is what's going on or whatever, or if I'm fearful that my so-called sisters are going to badger me in some way, then, you know, how do I overcome that part? Because I, I just think it's kind of like starting at home with everything. You know, you talk about when you parented, you start at home when you, you know, you, you start at home. And I think that for women to black women to become protected, we have to start at home. But I, you know what? I'm sorry. Did I cut oh, yeah. you? No, that's okay. But no, what, what clicked for me, what you just said, um, about us and each other, I think your whole point is, is back to self-love. Like when you Absolutely. don't have that for yourself, how can you pull somebody else in? Mm -hmm. And I really think that our surroundings and who we surround ourselves with has a lot to do with that. And so you have to love yourself. You have to be comfortable with yourself before you are able to say to that next person, you know, sister, you are doing an awesome job. Like, I, you know, that is so cool. You can be doing the exact same thing I'm doing. That's not going to take from what I'm doing. And so we, we will have a hard time saying that and, you know, giving somebody else props about that if you're not comfortable in your own skin. And so you have to, you, bottom line, you have to love yourself. Mm -hmm. And that is what's missing. So that's what I love about the work you're doing. Like, you have to figure out how to love yourself. Um, we all have little things that we want to change about ourselves, be it our weight or, right. you know, this is not right or this is not right. But in my core, I love myself. You have to. If you don't love yourself, who else is? Yeah. So when, when you have that, everything else is okay. And I think that once you start to love yourself, then we can love each other and help each other. But if you don't do that, it doesn't come easy like it's that. It's always looking that for is somebody else's fault. Right. Always looking for a flaw. <laughs> yeah. You're always looking for that flaw in the next person or something that you don't like in that. And and I always look at that person and say, Well, what, what's wrong with you? And you know, we will say that at work, like that person come to work and just so bossy, that must mean at home they don't have no control. They they don't, <laughs> control, they don't control nothing at home. So they come to work and they bossy. Try to control everything. Try right. to control everything. Same thing. Like you can't be happy with yourself if you looking for something to be wrong with me. Every time you look at somebody else, you're trying to figure out what's wrong. Yeah. So same thing. Same thing. So yeah, it starts with yourself. Yeah. I think one of the thoughts, well, one of the thoughts that keeps coming to my mind is that there's this hidden layer, invisible layer that says, oh, you're a black woman, I can violate you with no consequences. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, not to keep going back and forth with this situation that's going on in the media with, with Gail and um, Snoop, but the fact that he could say on social media, shut up, bitch, you know, the fact that that could be done you know what I mean, is exactly what we're talking about. What is our value? You know, who watches over us? Snoop, aren't you watching over us as a man, as a black man in this community? Like, what is your perception of me as a black woman? 
that my voice is to be silenced if I say something you don't like, you know, like really thinking about that part, you know, are we so invisible that the minute we take an attempt at being visible, we're silenced? Yeah. I I can't even comment. What made him so angry? What was it that she said that made him so angry? You know, I'm I'm more analytic. What happened? When you get a chance, I'll send you the link. But what I believe is that right now, society is mourning a loss of a person, um, a legend. And she, the question um, she asked Lisa was referring to um, the time when Kobe was going to court for the alleged rape charge and the victim did not come forward. And so he was acquitted. And I, I believe this is my perception is that people do not want that part to be discussed right now. Like we don't want to talk about that because it's going to minimize the legend, the legend of Mamba, the legend of Kobe Bryant. But I thought it was done very tastefully. I thought the conversation was a question. You know, it wasn't even like, it didn't look to me like she was picking. It was more like, I'm a, I'm a journalist and journalists ask questions. And this is the question that I have. Mm-hmm. And it was one of a few questions, but what happened is the media pulled out that particular segment and like focused it everywhere. And so because they did that, like everybody was like, bitch, da 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 And so, you know, now it's like attack her. So Snoop came out with what he said. And now everybody like jumping on his bandwagon. And this is what makes me mad about people. And I am writing about this in my next blog because um, I am so tired of hearing people who are doing what we're doing, you know, and just kind of out there talking and putting out videos and all of this stuff. And they just start talking and they'll say something like, so I heard that such and such said this. Well, let me tell you how I feel about that. No, first of all, you don't, you took such and such. You, I don't want to hear what you have to say because you can take such and such as information or what such and such said out of context right. because you don't know. So shut the fuck up. I, don't, I can't stand that. That pisses me off. So that's just my own little personal band thing. That, uh, so, <laughs> thing. <laughs> so shut up though, for real. Like if you don't know the full story or what exactly happened, then why are you commenting on that? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, and then the other thing is people like, oh, well, Snoop says such and such. So yeah, fuck her. Da, 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 da. So you jumping on somebody else's bandwagon. You don't even know the way that wagon taking you. Or have your own thoughts about be objective. This is what I observe. Have your own thoughts. This is, this is what I believe the concern is, your own thoughts. Um, but I, the other thing is, so now we're hurt people, hurt people. I know you don't like that. I know. (laughs) Here's where we are, you know, and now it's becoming compounded psychological trauma and may be happening for a lot of people, you know, but I'm so proud of you for pulling this out of the woodwork. I was kind of hesitant. Like, do I really want to talk about this today? Can we just talk about toxic relationships? Can we just 
can we just do that? You know, you but, started it though. Okay, let's be clear. You started it. Sent you the video. Sent me a video. <laughs> but you know, like most people already have things in their schedule that they want to do. I didn't know it was going to change our life today. <laughs> but that's what this is about. So. <laughs> Exactly. We changing some lives up in here, including our own. So yeah, we changed it up for today. Um, I couldn't let it go. And here's the other thing is I still believe everything happens for a reason. So all of this stuff is coming out and that's a good thing. It's just like, um, wound debridement. <laughs> I know. Like debridement. So like, you know, when a wound is, um, wounds get real nasty and ugly before, and so all this stuff starts coming out before it can actually heal. So it might not look like good stuff is go going on with that nasty looking thing, but it really is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, can, I don't know why I, I totally you know. agree with that is that chaos has to happen before healing. Yeah. Yeah, and so I think that that's kind of what's going on out in the world. And so this platform is allowing us to be able to help people to start making those decisions and, you know, taking some action for themselves so that mm. they can begin that process. So I know this wasn't easy for anybody to talk about, and it might not be easy for anybody to hear, but... Again, I am Tracy King. These are my words. I have spoken and I believe that this is what we need to get ourselves to the next level. So with mm -hmm. that, we are closing out this episode of the Laugh Out Loud podcast. Whatever information and resources that we have for you, I act I'll actually put it in the description box so you'll have it. And please feel free to send us any questions that you have any topics that you want us to talk about. And, um, oh, I want to start talking about kitty calls and cocktails too. We got to get the kitty on the table. So uh, <laughs> whatever issues you have, there is no topic, no subject that is taboo. Bring it, bring it. We ready for you. We ready for you. Toys and all, whatever you want to talk about. So please leave us those messages. So from the goddesses here, at the Laugh Out Loud podcast to every goddess out there. We love you. Have a wonderful day. See ya. <laughs>